Welcome back, everybody, and thank you for joining us again on another awesome episode of the Cannabis Connoisseur Podcast with Bruce Freely. It is Ryan, and today we have another Fittest at 40 episode. Yes, I am approaching the age of 40, and I want to make sure I'm staying as fit as possible because I'm tired of people telling me that I can't. <laughs> right? Not that no one actually just says, you can't do it. But, you know, like, just just kind of what culture says about aging, right? And it's not true. And, by the way, um, it's really thankful for a lot of you that have been reaching out and just telling me your stories and thank, you know, just thank you for, for you know, telling me those stories. It just really inspires me uh, every time I sit down to to write the scripts for these shows. And also um, asking questions, just, you know, any, anything that you guys are looking to hear more of, um, I, I just continue to ask to please reach out and uh, and let us know what you're looking for. It, it really does drive us to keep producing more content for you. Uh, again, the goal of this show, if this is your first time here, um, I just think cannabis, you know, will make the world a better place. I, I don't believe that when people use cannabis, especially when you use it in the smart way, the, the right way that we try and talk about it on here, we do we do talk about it on here, um, you really don't have a choice but to be a little bit better, it seems, right, when you, when you do use it in that way. So uh, if the world's a better place, then, you know, at the end of the day, people are happier, and when people are happier, my kids grow up in a better environment, and that's my selfish selfish drive, right? And maybe, hopefully, uh, for a lot of you as well. So uh, thank you for coming back on another episode. This is uh, a topic we're talking about today that I think is near and dear uh, to a lot of our hearts, as many of these episodes are. And um, for me, for sure, I've, I've experienced this personally uh, in my family. I know a lot of you have as well. And it's cognitive decline uh, as you age. And so I want to talk about that today. I want to talk about what that means, what that looks like. And maybe even dabble as we do on this series, uh, not as the star of the show, but dabble a little bit about how maybe cannabis can assist in some of that stuff, right? If, if possible. So um, let's jump into it. All right. So what is cognitive decline? You know, we, we talk about it, uh, but what is it? Cognitive decline refers, you know, mainly to a noticeable and measurable reduction in cognitive abilities, uh, including your memory, thinking, reasoning skills, all those different things, Right. And this decline can range from mild to severe, and it also it often will occur as people start to age. So it's not really inevitable or considered inevitable, but it very often will occur when that happens. Um, cognitive decline is characterized by a gradual decrease in cognitive function, and that can end up impacting both you know your daily life and like any part of your activities, right? Your life and your daily activities, really. So. In its mildest forms, cognitive decline may manifest um, as increased forgetfulness or difficulty in concentrating, while more severe forms can lead to significant impairments in memory, right? Language, decision-making, other critical cognitive functions that we need on a regular basis. And this decline can sometimes be an early sign of more serious conditions like dementia or Alzheimer's. However, um, you know, it's important to know it can also be a decline from other factors such as medication side effects, nutritional deficiencies, health conditions. There's a lot of different reasons why cognitive decline can happen, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. But first, I just want to say, like, why is this topic important? Well, first, it's really important to take care of your mind. Your mind is where everything starts. I've said before on this series that the nutrition is where it all starts, too. I think with good nutrition, you can get in the best state of mind. Um, 
And once you're at that really awesome state of mind, uh, that's where you can start making gains. But um, we need to get there first. So cognitive uh, health is really, really important overall, I think, for for the well-being of, of the person holistically, right? This topic is underestimated, in my opinion, and it, it should be more front and center cognitive decline, but it is an underestimated, uh, not uh, very kind of brushed under the rug type of topic, I would say. A lot of people don't talk about it either because they don't want to. Um, maybe there's there's some type of embarrassment possibly, or they just, they don't understand it. That's another one. A lot of people just aren't familiar with it. Uh, but I do think cognitive decline, you know, it is a silent disease, right? It is something that we kind of, we just don't pay attention to similar to if your stomach is is like hurting and, and your appendix bursts and you have to go to the hospital, like we, we don't pay attention to those acute, we pay attention to those acute scenarios, but not these chronic ones, right? Like cognitive decline that could be slow and kind of hard to, to notice when it's happening. Um, and there's an aging population and, you know, with increasing life expectancies, this could be something that we're going to see more of. Um, so we want to pay attention to it, right? And so understanding how to slow or manage this decline could be really crucial crucial for managing a lot of your relationships as well. So a lot of reasons, I think, again, that aren't front and center that we don't often consider, but reasons why we should really be be considering a conversation around cognitive decline in general. So, you know, why may one experience cognitive decline? There's a lot of reasons, but what are some of them? What are some of the main ones? Uh, the first one is neurological changes. As people age, there's just natural changes in your brain structure and function that that change the way your cognitive um, abilities uh, are, right? <laughs> that change your cognitive abilities, I should say. So this, you know, it can include shrinking in certain brain areas, reduce blood flow, uh, decrease efficiency in neural communication. This all happens with those brain structure changes, right? Um, even the brain's ability to to really repair itself in an optimal fashion, that decreases as well, or diminishes in some cases. There's also neurotransmitter changes. Uh, when we talk about why one may experience cognitive decline, why does it happen? Well, there's also neurotransmitter changes that can occur. Um, and aging can affect the production of these neurotransmitters, which which really are those chemicals that transmit messages between neurons, Right. And that can impact your memory, your mood, and your overall cognitive function. There's also genetic factors. So genetics really play a role in one's risk in cognitive decline. Um, certain genes can be associated with an increased risk in conditions like Alzheimer's, right? Or and something similar. Uh, and then certain health conditions. So chronic diseases like hypertension, diabetes, heart disease, high cholesterol can all increase the risk of cognitive decline. And the reason why is because those conditions can really affect blood flow to the brain, leading to several different cognitive issues as well. There's also lifestyle factors um, like poor diet, lack of physical activity, smoking, excessive alcohol consumption. Uh, I mean, just imagine like after a night of drinking, I mean, how do you feel as far like your cognitive abilities are just totally like just blown away, right? Like it's just, it's really tough to to crawl back to your top tip top form, you know, cognitive tip top form after a night of drinking, right? So your lifestyle factors or whatever it may be that you're doing, right, that could really impair that. So lifestyle factors really can make a difference. Um, 
mental health conditions, just some people just develop those as well. Chronic stress is a really big contributing factor to that. Uh, cognitive decline. A lot of people have cognitive stress, especially in today's age, right? Um, reduced mental stimulation. I mean, geez, we just the, the daily routine of day in, day out, um, not changing your routine and getting tired at the end of it, coming home, turning on the TV, and going to bed, going through the motions and going to bed, right? Like, like not having that mental stimulation of maybe a hobby or, or something to keep the brain active. That that can be a reason, <clears throat> like why that why that can happen. Um, social isolation. When you socialize, it really stimulates uh, your your cognitive abilities, right? It, it stimulates your brain. Um, and having social isolation will or loneliness definitely will contribute to some level of mental um, uh, difficulties. And then that would lead to cognitive decline typically, right? Like you're going to higher stress and anxieties, depression, right? Um, medications, this is another one. Uh, certain medications, especially when you're taking them for chronic conditions, can have side effects that impact cognitive function. And we want to consider that as well. And then neurodegenerative diseases, we mentioned like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, um, you know, they, they often will cause a progressive loss of neurons and brain function leading directly to significant cognitive decline. So those are some reasons and, and ways that you can really slow that cognitive decline, if you'd like, almost like the opposite of all those different things, right? So mental stimulation is probably the biggest one. So you don't have to download one of those apps. You, they, those apps do exist for sure where you can, you know, the brain training apps and those are fun. Um, but I, you know, I like the old fashioned stuff like puzzles, reading, um, going out and like learning new things, right? I mean, all that stuff, that mental stimulation is going to help you. Even, you know, when I write these shows, my script writing, that's mental stimulation. I mean, that's why I love it so much too, because I know that I'm exercising that part of my brain that I otherwise wouldn't if I didn't do this. So really fun for that purpose. Physical exercise, regular physical exercise, you know, really improves blood flow in the brain and supports the growth of new brain cells. And you're, you know, that's what you want, obviously. So you're going to want a mix of, you know, aerobic exercises, strength training, um, flexibility. We've talked about this quite a bit. Just that balance is really helpful with making sure that you're getting everything you need, especially mentally, right, to improve your cognitive abilities. Healthy diet. I mean, try eating a bag of Halloween candy for a day and then going and taking a test <laughs> of any sort or trying to learn something, right? It's just you don't think about it, but it really makes a difference. What you eat, you don't feel as sharp. You feel slow. You feel kind of groggy and irritable eventually too, right, especially with a lot of sugar. Um but if you eat healthy and you eat the right amount of proteins, um, healthy fats like omega-3s, antioxidants, really, really awesome for brain health. Like uh, blueberries have a lot of good stuff in them too, like all those antioxidants we want. So definitely look at that. Socialize, social engagement. Get involved with activities like joining clubs, volunteering, um, and, and not so much on the phone, right? Like get in, get in front of somebody and get involved. That is where you know, we, we thrive and where we are stimulated. And I think that, I think, I mean, I think we all know that the phone epidemic or, or just the, the social media epidemic, the, the biggest downfall I think it's had is the lowered ability, right? Like, like people are not 
communicating as as highly as they used to. They they're just not able to do it because they don't have the practice doing it. So it takes practice to to be a good social person, right? Like you have to like go out and practice doing it. And and if you don't, it leads to levels of stress and and also like we are social animals. We need to socialize. So it, it, it for me, like it gives me a level of energy. And that doesn't mean you got to go to a club and socialize, you know, with you know, 50 people, 100 people, but even just like small gatherings, right? Like even just within your own family. I mean, I have a relief during the pandemic. It was so relieving to just have family members at home and not everyone had that. And I knew that and I was very grateful of that because a lot of people that that was hard, right? You didn't have that. Um, I was really grateful just to have my social interactions with my kids, my wife, my mother-in-law, every, my dog, right? Every single day. Um, and, and that helped me and it always does. And then when you can expand that circle, it's even better, right? You get the variety. It's more of an enriching feeling for sure. So don't underestimate social engagement. Don't underestimate quality sleep, man, quality sleep. I mean, geez, if you get three hours versus seven hours, what a difference that makes. What three hours versus six hours makes a huge difference. Um, every hour counts, right? Uh, but don't underestimate that, especially for memory and, and just the quickness of being able to just kind of rattle things off your, your, your wit and whatnot, just clear thinking is heavily, um, impacted by your sleep, uh, stress management. I mean, practicing those stress reducing techniques like meditation, yoga, deep breathing, um, stretching, engaging in relaxing hobbies like knitting, right? For example, coloring, uh, these all really help with with kind of calming you down and and putting you in a place where you're at an optimized level of cognitive function, right? That's what we're looking for. Um, avoid harmful substances again, alcohol, you know, smoking. Um, just like if I take, you know, if you take like a prescription like Xanax or something, I mean, a lot of times you'll feel it afterwards if you take it too much. Uh, so definitely, you know, be mindful of that. Regular health checkups. Um, your doctor may just be able to say, Hey, something's wrong with you, man. <laughs> I know you haven't noticed, but I'm noticing, you know, these tiny little, these little things that you're doing. So we got to do something about it. Uh, like I mentioned before, you can get an app like these brain training, um, exercises. Those are fun. Uh, and then those brain healthy supplements, omega threes, all that, uh, make sure you're taking some of those. If, if you, if you think you need that assistance and then staying hydrated, I mean, water, if you don't have enough water, that makes an enormous difference with your cognitive function. You feel tired, you feel groggy, um, things just don't flow the way you want them to, right? So that is certainly something you want to consider. Um, and how can cannabis assist, right? Well, um, there is a study that I can post as well from the University of Haifa uh, that suggested that THC would affect different ages differently. And this is because... Um, <clears throat> what they saw was the receptors in older adults were less than those uh, in, in younger adults or kids, the CB1 receptors. And so um, what they found is that older adults just typically weren't affected as much by THC as, as younger adults. So what this could mean is not that cannabis doesn't work, but what it could mean is a lot of times when you're talking about cognitive impairment with cannabis, THC is the culprit of that. But if you're if you're getting older, and if your CB1 receptors are um, not responding as much uh, to THC, that could be because they just aren't being produced. 
And, and that is what happens. Your body stops um, uh, producing um, the CB1 receptor. There's, a, there's a, a, a gene that encodes for the CB1 receptor to be produced, and your body slows down the production of that. So when that happens, THC may not be as intoxicating, which could allow THC um, to kind of work in a very nice Goldilocks range and, and maybe not allow for overconsumption of THC as well. I would still highly, highly, <laughs> uh, uh, I guess, caution not to just jump in to a ton of THC if you've never used it before, right? Or if this is your first time, even still, even if you, you think you've done it in the past and you were used to it and now you're older um, and you want to get into it again and you know what you can do from what you used to know what you could do in the past, just, I would just slowly get into it because there's no reason not to, right? Um, and, and just know that, that, you know, that study that I talked about where THC CB1 receptors are reduced, they find in older adults, which could decrease the effectiveness of THC overall. That's just something that they found that happens in some adults. It may not be you. <laughs> so you could still have CB1 receptors that are just like when you're 18 years up, right? 18 years old. So, you know, and, and or 20 years old, whatever it is, you started using cannabis. And um, for me, it was later. It was like, I don't know, like 25, 30. But um, some of you may have been younger. Anywho, uh, but, you know, you do want to take note of that. You do want to make sure that you're just doing this the right way so you don't have any unfortunate or, you know, se- unfortunate sessions or sessions that aren't fun. We want every session to be effective and fun, right? So I would talk to your doctor, right, first, and and always talk to your doctor and, and just say, hey, this is what I'm thinking, uh, you know, and, and I guess, you know, when you're, when you're thinking of cannabis for, for decline, cognitive decline, you want to be thinking of low-dose cannabis, right? Look, low-dose THC for what we exactly just talked about. You don't want to accidentally be taking too much because that will not help with your cognitive abilities at all, right? So start with high CBD strains, very low THC, high CBD strains. See how that makes you feel if you're starting for the first time. Um, if you if you're familiar with it, then just kind of feel it out, right? Um but CBD does have those neuroprotective properties. So if you are like just using typically like let's say a THC vape cart, you're starting there or a tincture, it's not going to have a lot of CBD in it. So take a very small dose, a very small droplet, a very small puff, right? But if I would say, you know, start at least with CBD if you can. Again, it has the neuroprotective properties and that way at least if you want it then move on to THC, you already have the CBD in your system, which would help you and just optimize that entire experience at the end, right? Like it would really optimize the THC and, and the effects that you would feel from the THC in your system. It would only make it better if you have the CBD in your system. So why not, right? That's typically how I see it. Um, you're also going to want to try the different consumption methods, like what works for you in those scenarios. Is it the tincture? Is it the edible? Is it the, the vaporizer? Um, but overall, whether, you know, no matter what cannabis you use, it's really about your habits, right? It's about eating well. It's about drinking well, drinking enough water. It's about getting the exercise. It's about um, doing like hobbies to stimulate your brain and to continue growing, right? Like, if you just stop doing those things, you your body doesn't have a reason to keep growing and it won't. And, and, and that's the kind of the beauty of it is it'll do it if we, if we help it along 
and it won't if we won't. <laughs> so it's it's a pretty easy and simple formula, but the hard part about it is just like getting to start using it, right? Like it just that's the hardest thing, one foot in front of the other and, and move forward. So um I mean that that's really it, I, I would say. You know, maintain healthy habits, um do some of those things. I, I don't even think you should wait to start doing those things for when it's too late. In fact, you should do it sooner. You should it's kind of like like you you know you should always be be working out. You should always be eating well. You don't want to be eating well only after you find out you have heart disease, right? Like you, you want to never find out you have heart disease. So just always eat well, right? And, and that's easier said than done. And I, you know, this is coming from a former, you know, fat guy, like I, a big, big guy. But, you know, I, I had a really tough time with that. But um, I mean, that's why we have conversations like this. And that's why we have shows like this, guys. So uh, consider, you know, adding some of these practices and um, again, if, if this, if you are that person that is, you know, this is a concern for you, consider, you know, a level of cannabis that, or, or, or a form of cannabis, I should say, THC, CBD, um, vape, tincture, edible, consider something that is going to be right for you. And if that takes consultation, definitely talk to your doctor or, and typically the doctor that has prescribed you the cannabis, if, if that is also your, your uh, general practitioner, awesome, even better. Um, and get them involved too, if, if you'd like, even if they're not involved in that initial process. But talk to somebody. Um, but uh, but definitely don't don't disregard this option. Uh, it definitely, you know, cannabis can help with a lot of this. Cannabis can help you get moving. It can help you get in a creative zone to really stimulate your mind. I mean, there, there's, there's a lot of things that we've talked about on here that cannabis can do. Uh, but it's not the, again, as we've talked about in this series, the star of the show, it is the supporting actor. So that is my soapbox. That's the end of that at 2222. Wow, look at that. Right on time. 2222 minutes, uh, 22 seconds. So that's how much I've recorded up to that point. But guys, thank you so much. Um, I appreciate it all. I hope this was helpful. Please send this to loved ones or anybody they think can be assisted by the content of what we talked about on here. And uh, please, please, please reach out. Give us a rating as well. Uh, the ratings help us get in front of more people. When we get in front of more people, we make a bigger impact. And that's what we're trying to do, guys. So um, thank you so much. Cannot wait to see you guys next week on another awesome episode of the Fittest at 40 series here on the Cannabis Connoisseur podcast. Have a great, great weekend, everybody. And by the way, go Bills, even though you guys are going to be hearing this a week after they play the Chiefs. Hopefully we won. And hopefully we're on to play the Cowboys and we're going to beat them too. <laughs> We'll find out soon. See you guys. Peace.
Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Larry Mishkin, and I'd like to invite you to join Rob Hunt and me on our weekly podcast, The Deadhead Cannabis Show. Each week, we explore the latest cannabis and jam band news and reminisce with other deadheads and jam band lovers about the great musical acts that we've seen and heard. Check out a new episode every Monday. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Joyce Gerber, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast, The Canna Mom Show. And we are on a mission to enhance the impact women have on this industry as business professionals, healthcare providers, policy advocates, caregivers, moms, by sharing and preserving their stories of love and kindness, wisdom, and hope. I am so grateful to have found my tribe of Canada podcasters right here on PodConnex and look forward to our work of crushing the stigma around cannabis and caregivers and building this new industry together.